Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Last week, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, I, I came and spoke to you about the spirit of knowing and seeing. I had not originally planned to preach last week. I just come off of my vacation on Saturday. And I was originally planned to begin today. But the Lord impressed upon me while I was on vacation to come and to share with you in both services about the spirit of knowing and seeing. Knowing and seeing. That's what Brother Hagen referred to it as regarding the gifts of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. He said knowing and seeing. He prophesied that over me back a number of years ago and said that there was a new dimension of my ministry that I was moving into. Brother Copeland right here in the Believers Convention in four words. Just a month before that happened with Brother Hagen, Said to me uh, as he introduced me on Thursday night at that particular meeting. He said, wait a minute, Jerry, before you preach, the Lord just spoke to me and, and said, He's moving you into the office of the seer, which is part of the prophetic office. And he said, he'll show you things to come and he'll hold you responsible for sharing them with the body of Christ wherever he sends you. And then later, Brother Oral Roberts, these three mentors of mine, saw the same thing. While I was preaching in Anaheim, California, Brother Roberts called me that afternoon, said, when are you preaching again? I said, tonight. He said, Tell Carolyn to save a seat next to her for uh, Evelyn and I will be in the service tonight. As soon as I got through preaching, he said to me on his way out, be expecting a letter from me next week. I want to tell you what I heard and what I saw. And so I received a four-page handwritten letter from Brother Roberts when I got home. And I won't tell you all of it, but the, the, the part that is important for this service he said, I saw you when you were preaching with Kenneth Copeland this week. I saw you preaching with a prophetic anointing. And he said, and I encourage you to go to the pulpit. Every time you go to the pulpit, preach with that prophetic anointing. So those three mentors saw the same thing very close to each other, just within months of each other. And so from that time, the Lord began to show me. Every year, beginning just before the new year would come, a prophetic word. Show me what was on his agenda. And I have been proclaiming that ever since. And it has gone around the world. There, there are churches and pastors all over the world that eagerly await to hear what I have to say about the prophetic word for the coming new year. A lot of churches I go to, they have it on their, their uh, screens and on their uh, posters and so forth all over the church. A lot of them print things and give to all the members and uh, they, they wait for that prophetic word and that's what they preach all year. And so you that have been here for a while, you know that we do this every year. And back in September, as I was flying to uh, Australia with Brother Copeland on September the 9th, uh, we were in his airplane. We just left uh, Honolulu, 
We stopped just long enough to refuel and then went on to Gold Coast, Australia. Somewhere over the Pacific, uh, Brother Copeland and I had been talking and sharing some things with one another about uh, what the Lord had been saying to us since we'd seen each other last. Brother Copeland said, I'm going to go to the back of the airplane and take a nap. If you want to take a nap, there's a place set aside for you as well, a sofa made out into a bed, and you can go back there. It's all ready and waiting for you. I said, sir, won't you go ahead and go take a nap? I'm not ready to do that right now. I was reading something before we began talking. I said, I'm just going to keep reading uh, what I was reading before we entered into this conversation. If I get sleepy, I'll just lay the seat back and close my eyes and take a nap. So he went back to the back of the airplane and I kept reading. And then in a short time, uh, I decided to just close my eyes and relax a little bit. So I just put the seat back, closed my eyes. And the moment I closed them, I did not have 2020 on my brain. I usually wait until October to start praying about the coming new year. That's usually the month where I set some time aside specifically to receive the prophetic word. This is September the 9th. So I did not have 2020 on my brain. I wasn't even thinking about 2020. I just got through reading some things from a book by Oral Roberts. And uh, uh, I, I closed my eyes and immediately, I mean within moments, I heard the Spirit of God say, in 2020, I will open a new door and cause supernatural increase to come to you as never before. And I knew in my spirit right then that that was the prophetic word that I was to share with this church, with the body of Christ, everywhere I go. As soon as I got back home from that trip and the first opportunity I had to come and share it here, uh, before coming into the service that morning, the Lord showed me, remember it's knowing and seeing. He showed me the service in advance and showed me what I was to do. And so I have been eagerly awaiting for this service. <laughs> it's one thing, it's one thing to hear and to see, but it's something else to get to do it. Amen. So praise God. I'm excited. I've been excited. I'm going to get more excited. And I, I just sensed in my spirit. And I thank Justin for helping me in this and, and preparing you to come receptive. And to come in the spirit of faith. Amen. And it's here. There's an atmosphere of faith in this place. God always responds to faith. Can you say amen? Lift your hands right now and say, Lord, receive my faith. And thank him for it. Praise God. Amen. Thank him for it. Amen. Let's open our Bibles, first of all, to Matthew chapter 17. And I'm just going to read a, a, one verse just to lay this foundation. Matthew chapter 17.
and verse 20. The latter part of that verse. It's talking about faith here. If you have faith, he went on to talk about it as a grain of mustard seed. But the last line in that verse says, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. If you have faith, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now that prophetic word has to do with supernatural increase. And in the natural, your mind cannot figure out how God can do that. Particularly if you're struggling financially. Particularly if you have never experienced supernatural increase. Then your mind is going to wrestle with that. How in the world could God bring supernatural increase to me? Well, he's God. You don't get to be called God if you can't do the impossible. Amen. If you have faith, look at your neighbor and say, if you have faith. Anybody in here have faith this morning? Well, somebody does because it's thick in here right now. Praise God. If you have faith, then nothing shall be impossible unto you. So start telling your head right now. Shut up. I believe what God says. <laughs> Amen. Cast down every negative thought. And the worst thing you can do is try to figure out how God's going to do it. That is not your place. Your place is to have faith. In his ability and his willingness to do it. Can you say amen? amen? So just lay your hands on your head right now and say, Mine, you don't count in this. Negative thoughts, you don't count in this. I believe God. I have faith. And I will experience supernatural increase this year in Jesus' name. So be it. And give the Lord another shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, and I'm, I'm going to the word to show you. And I, I let you know last week that today we're going to be talking about the importance of establishing a point of contact. The importance of establishing a point of contact. I learned this more Roberts over 50 years ago, 1969. Brother Roberts was known for that phrase. He may have coined the phrase, but I know that he was one of the first to use the phrase point of contact. And I got a little book by him that talked about the point of contact. And I learned how to establish a point of contact and I've been doing it all these years, almost 51 years now. Hallelujah. And it's worked. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. It's worked and it will keep on working because it's a biblical principle. Now, as I'm sharing the word where it talks about the point of contact, keep in your thinking Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. These stories are designed by God to inspire your faith. The Bible says from the writings of the apostle Paul, all the things that were written aforetime 
were written for our benefit. Amen. When you read the stories of Moses and Abraham and David and Joshua and all those uh, uh, great men of faith of old, it should inspire your faith. In fact, the Bible refers to Abraham as the father of faith. You read about Abraham's life and, and uh, it should be inspiring to you. It should take your faith to another level. Your faith, I'm decreeing by faith, is going to another level this morning. Hallelujah. Mine already has. Glory to God. Now, remember the prophetic word said, supernatural increase as never before. Is God truly capable of doing that? That's not, that's not Jerry's opinion. I didn't come up with that. I, was, I had closed my eyes to take a nap, minding my own business, not bothering anybody. And the Lord just interrupted my nap. Thank you very much. Three seconds worth. <laughs> Amen. And he said, in 2020, I will open a new door. Now, I haven't preached to you about that new door yet. My next time here, I will. And I'm going to teach you how to be sensitive to that new door. I asked the Lord, I said, why didn't you say doors plural? He said, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. Glory to God. Amen. And I'm going to teach you how to be sensitive to that door. And how to watch for it. How to expect it, praise God. So that's. The next time I preach to you, which I don't know when that is, but I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm not the terminator. I'm the sermonator. I'll be back. Praise God. All right. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Expect your faith to go to another level this morning. It's only through faith that we can experience what God has promised us. And that's the reason why he gave us faith. Some of you may wonder whether or not you have faith. Are you born again? Everybody in here born again? Well, if you're born again, you have faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, And God dealt to every man, and he's talking to believers there, not talking about sinners, he's talking about believers, and God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So look at somebody and say, I have faith. I already have faith. It's in my heart right now. So once again, it's not enough just to have faith. Brother Roberts used to say, and I've heard Brother Hagin say it as well over the years. Uh, Brother Roberts used to say, people he'd get ready to pray for, and uh, maybe they were experiencing some incurable disease according to medical science. And they say to him, Brother Roberts, I I have all the faith in the world. He said, that's what your problem is. You still got it. You hadn't released any of it. It's one thing to have faith. It's something else to release it. Amen. It's one thing to have money in the bank. But if you don't know how to write a check, what good is it? It's one thing to have faith. But if you don't know how to release it, what good is it doing for you? Faith has been deposited in your heart 
And faith makes things happen. Faith moves mountains. Faith causes impossible things to be possible. But you got to release it. Now, that's what the point of contact is for. I, I wrote down exactly what Brother Roberts taught me over 50 years ago. He said, the point of contact is your means of directing your faith toward God. The point of contact is your means for directing your faith toward God. Also, it shows God that you truly trust him. Amen. Now, go with me, if you will, to the book of James. James chapter 2 and verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works. Now, a better word here, because I don't want you to uh, get confused with uh, works in trying to do something good to get God to love you. That's not the kind of works he's talking about here. A better word is corresponding actions. Amen. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. Another translation says, it's void of power. It's destitute of power. If it's just faith alone, but no corresponding actions, then it's void of power. Now, you used faith already, and I'm talking about now a natural human kind of faith. I'm not talking about the faith that God deposited in your heart. Just a natural human kind of faith. You used it already when you sat down on that chair. You believed it was going to hold you up. Amen. You believed it was going to hold you up. That's just a natural human kind of faith. Believing God is and should be natural to the born again Christian. It's just showing God that you truly believe what he says. And because you do, you're willing to put action to it. Amen. Point of contact. Let me, let me give you some examples from just the natural realm. I wrote them down. When you go into your house and it's dark and you go over to the switch and flip it, what do you expect to happen? The light to come on. The flipping of the switch was your point of contact. If you don't flip the switch, you can walk all over the house day and night. I believe if I turn that switch on, there will be light. Oh, I believe if I turn that switch on, I'm going to have some light. Oh, I really believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. If I turn that switch on, I will have light. But if you never turn the switch on, all that faith you have is void of power. Same way you get in your automobile and you put the key in the ignition and turn it to the own position. You expect the engine to start. Do you not? You expect the engine to start. Putting the key in the ignition was your point of contact. Amen. See, if you never put the key in the engine, then you don't have any reason to believe that the engine will start. 
Does your heart wire it? <laughs> Amen. How many of you learned to do that when you're young? <laughs> Don't lift your hand, okay? <laughs> so the key in the ignition and turn it to the own position, that was your point of contact. Amen. For releasing your faith in the engine starting and you go on your journey. Uh, when you walk up to your kitchen sink and you turn the faucet on, what do you expect? Water. But turning the faucet on was your point of contact. Are you with me? These are just natural examples. Well, the Bible is full of examples of people establishing a point of contact to release their faith. And we're going to look at some of them this morning because it's important that your faith reach its highest level uh, because of what the Lord has told us to do. Okay. Now in James, if you keep reading in verse 21, was not Abraham, our father justified by works? Once again, corresponding actions. When you see this in this particular setting, think of corresponding actions. Was not Abraham our father justified by his corresponding actions when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seeing thou have faith wrought with his corresponding actions and by corresponding actions was faith made perfect. So you could say if there had not been any corresponding actions, faith never would have reached that state of perfection. Yes. Yes. That's right. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Without the corresponding actions. See, Abraham, Abraham had already been told by God that your seed, well, he was told by God that he would have a seed. And you know the story. And then when Isaac was born, God had spoken to him before Isaac was born. And said, from your seed will come a mighty nation. Okay. Now Abraham believed that. Well, then after Isaac was born and he reached a certain age, God told Abraham to take him up on the mountain and and offer him as a sacrifice. And if you read the story, Abraham didn't hesitate. He, He took the lad, as the Bible says. And and he took some servants with him as well. They stayed at the bottom of the mountain. And Isaac and Abraham went to the top, to the place where God told him to do this. On the way up there, Isaac apparently has been involved in these kind of sacrifices with his father before. Because he's the one who brought up uh, father... We have the wood, we have the fire. Where's the lamb? See, if he'd never, if he'd never seen his father do this before, he wouldn't have known about how to perform this ceremony. He said, we have the fire, we have the wood, but where is the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide. God will provide. Notice, he didn't, he didn't bat an eyelash. He didn't stagger at all because he knew 
that dead boys cannot produce a mighty nation. Amen. And God told him from this boy will come a mighty nation. So he was prepared to slay the boy, put him on the altar, burn his body. And he was going to stand there and watch God raise up the ashes if needed, if need be. He said, God will provide. That was, that was his faith speaking. But in putting that boy on the altar was his faith in action. Amen. So it took more than just speaking. It took action. Amen. If you say, I know if I give, God will bless me as much as a hundredfold. But if you don't ever give. Come on. That's right. Amen. The, 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 the planting of the seed was your point of contact. Yeah, right. See, you're, you're talking what you believe, but it's not enough just to talk it. Talking is important. Uh, the primary way that faith is released, the God kind of faith is released, is by words. But words alone, as James says, faith alone, without corresponding actions, then your faith will never reach perfection. Now, I love the way the Amplified says, it says, uh, with his faith and his corresponding actions, his, his faith reached supreme expression. Now, that's where I want my faith to go. I want, I want God looking down and saying, wow, that boy has just, his faith has just reached supreme expression. But it takes more than just saying it. There's got to be some corresponding actions. How many of you have been talking supernatural increase ever since you heard the prophetic word? Amen. Amen. You've been saying, this is my year for supernatural increase. I have. I talk a day and night. This is my year for supernatural increase. However, if I just talk it alone without adding some action to it, then it's not likely that I'll see the supernatural increase. Now, last Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, I flew out to California and I I sowed a significant seed for this ministry. Jerry Savelle Ministries International is the parent organization for Heritage of Faith. It it sprang out of Jerry Savelle Ministries International. So I took a seed from JSMI and took it to California, and I paid the mortgage off on a church, a significant seed. That was Wednesday night. So that was my seed for this ministry, including this church, because it's part of the parent organization. It was a significant seed. Significant seed. Trust me, it's more than just a few bucks. And, and prior to that, this church had two mortgages on it. I'd already paid off the first mortgage, $120,000. I paid that off some time ago. And then the second mortgage is what we paid off Wednesday night. So they have a debt-free building now, praise God. And boy, boy, did we have a shouting good time. Hallelujah. 
Now, that was my seed, my point of contact for supernatural increase for this ministry and all of its outreaches. And boy, a hundredfold on that. Woo, Jesus. That's what I'm believing for because I'm entitled to it. If Jesus hadn't said it, then I wouldn't have any right to believe for it. But he's the one that said it in Mark chapter 10, verse 30. And if he said it, then I'm going for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I'm expecting and I, I'm, I'm, I need supernatural increase for what God's called us to do in the days ahead. Amen. I've experienced supernatural increase many times. But God said specifically like you've never experienced before. I can hardly sleep at night. Hallelujah. Man, oh man, I'm watching for that door. Oh Lord, I'm watching for that door. Glory to God. Are you still here? So notice Abraham's point of contact was putting that boy on the altar. And he even raised his knife. Well, he was left-handed, like me. He raised, um, that's just my own personal revelation, okay. Well, God's left-handed too. That's where you put Jesus on the right hand where he wouldn't get in the way, okay? That's my, that's my other personal revelation, okay? So Abraham raised his knife to slay his son. And remember the angel of the Lord appeared and said, Abraham, do your son no harm. And he looked over in the thicket and there was a ram. And he offered the ram instead of his son. But see, we wouldn't have that story to read if Abraham just went up the mountain and said, I'm the father of many nations, 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 I'm the father of many nations. And from my seed will come many nations that we wouldn't have the story. It was important for him to say, God will provide. But without corresponding actions, his faith would not have reached supreme expression. This morning, your faith is going to reach supreme expression. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Now, without having to read all of this to you for the sake of time. Moses raised his rod over the Red Sea to establish a point of contact to release his faith in God's ability to split the Red Sea and to deliver his children out of Egypt. That was his point of contact. He raised his rod over the Red Sea to release his faith in God's ability to deliver his people. David used a slingshot as a point of contact. He used a slingshot, believing that he would slay Goliath. Amen. It's one thing for him to run down the hill and say, I'm going to take your head from your shoulders, big boy, and I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowl. But there had to be a point of contact. Amen. For his faith to reach supreme expression. Are you still with me? Elijah established his point of contact when he struck the water with his mantle, expecting God to divide the waters. 
That was his point of contact. Elijah, after he saw the mantle of Elijah fall, he grabbed it. And remember he had asked Elijah for a double portion of his anointing? Well, he could go around all day saying, I got a double portion. I believe I got a double portion. I believe I got a double portion. But when he grabbed the mantle and walked over to the Jordan, said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And smite it just like he saw Elijah had done before. That was his point of contact. Can you say amen? Amen. It's all over the Bible, folks. Even Jesus used point of contact. Sometimes he said, he spoke. Sometimes he spit on the ground and made a spittle of clay and stuck it in the blind man's eye. What was that? Faith. That was corresponding actions to his faith. Amen. It's all over the Bible. Now, a very vivid example of it is found in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5. And you're familiar with this story, but this is the one that Brother Oral Roberts used every time he preached on the the subject of the point of contact. I can't improve on it, so I'm going to borrow it. This is where I learned it. Verse 21, and when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Now notice he's talking faith. Faith is very positive. He said, come lay your hands on her and she shall live. So Jairus established as his point of contact, the moment Jesus would lay his hands on his daughter. That's when my daughter will be healed. He not only said it, but Jesus immediately started following Jairus to honor his point of contact. God will honor your point of contact. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God will honor your point of contact. And if you keep reading, Jesus went with him, verse 24, And much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things and many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus or heard that Jesus was in her village, she came in the press behind. Now you got to remember this woman has an issue of blood. She's been this way for 12 years. She spent everything she has on medical science and didn't get any better. But the moment she heard that Jesus was in her village, she got up and who knows how long it took her to get to that crowd. I don't know where she lived. Maybe inside the village, 
Maybe outside the village, more than likely outside the village. Because under Levitical law, she's unclean and she's not allowed to mix with a crowd. But she was determined. If I but touch his clothes, she said, I will be made whole. The Bible reveals to us that most of the time when Jesus was ministering to a large group of people, there was usually a minimum of 5,000, sometimes 5,000 men plus women and children. If each family had a, one child, that'd be 15,000 people. But there's a, there's a multitude of people thronging him as he's walking toward Jairus' house. And this little woman came in the press behind. She was determined to get what she needed. Probably took her own life in her own hands. But she was determined to get what she needed. And she pressed through the crowd and reached up and grabbed him as he's walking away. He's headed toward Jairus' house. And it stopped Jesus. And it wasn't because her grip was so strong he couldn't move. He stopped and said, who touched me? The disciples were amazed at his question. Master, everybody's trying to touch you. You're being thronged here. I read one translation years ago and I really enjoyed it. And he said, no, I'm not talking about a natural human touch. I'm talking about the touch of faith. Somebody's touched me with their faith. And when the little woman realized he was referring to her, she said, it was I, for I said, if I but touch your clothes, I shall be made whole. Jesus said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Notice it wasn't just the saying that was important. That was important saying it. But she added corresponding actions and her faith reached supreme expression. Amen. Can you see the point of contact here? Touched his clothes. Glory to God. And then he turns to Jairus. But in the meantime, a messenger had come and told Jairus, don't trouble the master any longer. Your daughter's dead. Jesus heard that. And he turned to Jairus and said, only believe. Keep believing. Let's go. I love this. I love this story. In other words, don't be moved by what that messenger just said. You said if I had laid my hands on her, she would be healed. Then let's go. I haven't done the laying on of hands yet. It's not over till God says it's over. That's where I got that phrase. It's never over until God says it's over. Amen. And he went to Jairus' house and laid his hands on his little daughter, even though she was dead. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, little lady, it's time to arise. And she got up and was raised from the dead. So notice both of these people said what they were believing for, but both also added corresponding actions. Yes. 
and their faith reached supreme expression. That's the purpose of a point of contact. Can you say amen? A point of contact, Brother Roberts used to say, focuses your attention upon God. The point of contact focuses your attention upon God. He also used to say, the point of contact sets the time to release your faith. See, I want you leaving this service today and two months down the road, if it takes that long, and you haven't experienced supernatural increase yet, and the devil's telling you you never will, you use this service. And you say, no, devil, you got it wrong. On January the 19th, 2020, in the morning service, if I were you, the moment we do this, I'd, I'd, I'd mark the time. Because I always mark the time when I do, I establish my point of contact. And you just say, no, January the 19th at Heritage Faith Christian Center, morning service at such and such time. I established my point of contact. I released my faith. My faith went to God. And I will have supernatural increase. Amen. You set the time. You don't, you don't say, uh, after you have it, that's when I believed I got it. No, you believe you got it this morning. You believe it's yours this morning. Amen. When I got home from uh, California Thursday, my wife informed me that she had sown a significant seed personally to help somebody buy a home. (coughs) So Carol and I have already established Personal, and of course, I'm going to sow a personal seed this morning along with what she already sowed. I've sown seed for the ministry, <coughs> and I will say from this service forward, my seed is in the ground. I've released and established my point of contact. And as far as I'm concerned, I receive it now. Amen. Somebody asked in the days ahead, hey, is anything happening? Oh, it happened January the 19th in the morning service at Heritage of Faith. Amen. Some of you may may never uh, operated like this before, but these are basic principles of releasing the God kind of faith. This is what I learned over 50 years ago. And I've been living this way ever since. And it's still working. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. So the point of contact sets the time. Amen. Amen. Sets the time. Remember what Mark the 11th chapter, the 24th verse says, what things soever you desire when you pray, Believe you receive them and you shall have them. 
When do you believe you receive them? When you pray. Not when you can feel better or see something different. It's when you pray. It's when you establish that point of contact. Learn to talk that way. Somebody comes up to you and says, have you experienced your supernatural increase yet? Well, we're just hoping for it. No, shut up. No, you say, well, as far as biblical principles go, when I established my point of contact, January the 19th in the morning service at Heritage of Faith, that's when I believed I received supernatural increase. Amen. And tell them, and when it manifests, you'll be the first to know. Amen. Are you still here? Praise God. Brother Roberts used to use this as an illustration. He said, if, if you tell someone that you'd like to meet with them and they say, when? And you say, oh, anytime. And they say, where? And you say, oh, just anywhere. Then it's not likely you'll ever meet up. Amen. <clears throat> Why? Nobody established a point of contact. But if you say, would you like to meet me tomorrow? Oh, yes. Where? Uh, At Cracker Barrel on I-35 in Burleson. Okay, I'll be there. What time? Uh, 11.30 a.m. Let's go early. Okay. See, you've established a point of contact. There's no chance you going to Red Lobster. Unless you wasn't listening. Where did they tell me to go? No, we established the when, the where, the what time. That's what you do when you establish a point of contact for the releasing of your faith. You established when your supernatural increase came. January the 19th, the morning service at Heritage of Faith Christian Center. Hallelujah. That's when God, my faith went up to God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you receiving this? Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is. Brother Hagin used to say, just reverse that. Faith is now. Faith is now. Brother Roberts used to say when he was teaching on the point of contact that it's something that you can hold on to when unbelief or doubt tries to come in. Hold on to this. Did you write the date down? January the 19th. In a little while when we do it, you can, you can put a time to it. And I would suggest you keep it in your Bible, in the front of your Bible, in your notebook, carry it around with you. And, and look at it quite often. I like putting my hands on it and saying, that's when I received, hallelujah, and begin to praise God for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Learn to cling to your point of contact. In Paul's first letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, he told him that he must always be holding faith. Another way you could say that is hold on to your faith. 
Amplified says, holding fast to your faith. Don't allow Satan or anyone else to talk you out of what God says is yours. Can you say amen? Let me go back to the Old Testament for a moment. You remember the story of Job and how that Satan had stolen everything he had. And uh, his wife told him, just curse God and give up and die. But he wouldn't do that, thank God. And his friends, if you would call them that, they weren't a big help either. And finally, at the end of the book of Job, and please understand, Job's this story of Job does not cover his lifetime. Most theologians believe it covers between 9 and 12 months. That's the most horrible 12 months you ever read about. But don't think Job suffered this way all his life. Just 9 to 12 months. Okay? And it was a horrible ordeal. But right at the end of that book of Job, God instructs him to go pray for his friends. Remember that? Pray for your friends. Um, And that's about Job 42, 8. Pray for your friends. God established Job's point of contact for him. When he prayed for his friends, then God turned his captivity and gave him twice everything Satan had stolen from him. Amen. I call that supernatural increase, don't you? He had twice of everything that was stolen to him. It said the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. When he prayed for his friends. When he prayed for his friends. Why is that so important? Why did God emphasize that? Why is that in that verse? Because God wanted us to see that that was Job's point of contact. Amen. When he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. Supernatural increase. Can you say amen? Amen. You remember Naaman the leper. He went down to the prophet's house, hoping the prophet would come out and, you know, curse the leprosy. The prophet didn't even bother coming out. He sent his servant. Naaman got upset about that because the prophet wouldn't come out himself. And what did the prophet tell his servant to tell Naaman to do? Jump in the river. Dip in the river Jordan. And Naaman got upset about it. And he was walking off and the, and the servant followed him and said, if God had asked you to do something hard, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard, would you do it? In other words, why don't you just do what he said? What do you got to lose? The dipping himself in the river was his point of contact. Do you see this? It's all over the Bible, praise God. The point of contact. Go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. The message translation says, your skin will be healed and you'll be good as new. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. So once again, the point of contact, the principle of the point of contact is all over the Bible. I received a, a text yesterday 
uh, Carolyn and Carlin and I were going out to lunch and uh, Eric and Nikki. And I received a text just before I met them at the restaurant. And it's from one of our pastors who's uh, connected with our Heritage of Faith Ministerial Organization. And he said, Brother Jerry, uh, I heard you preach on supernatural increase, the, the prophetic word about supernatural increase. He said, I started preaching in my church immediately. Now, David Stowe's been doing the same thing in his church. And he said, the moment I heard it, I started preaching in my church. He said, within uh, two weeks, we had just received debt cancellation of over $100,000. Not only that, my wife and I received just a few hours ago, $20,000 cash personally. He said, it's supernatural increase like we've never experienced before. That was his words. I have it on my phone. I was going to read it exact, but that's the gist of it. Amen. He said, only two weeks into the new year, and I'm already experiencing supernatural increase like never before. And I don't believe that's an isolated case. That's what God wants to do for everybody that will dare believe him. Why? Because with, with faith... Nothing is impossible. Say it with me again. With faith, nothing is impossible. And I have faith. Hallelujah. And nothing will be impossible to me. And go ahead and thank God in advance. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, last night I went to bed praying in the spirit. I, I got up yesterday and I was praying. I went out to my shop. Uh, not all of you know this, and that's really not that important, but I learned from T.L. Osborne years ago. This part is very important. He taught me to surround myself with things that bring peace because tranquility produces creativity. And, and I've been a classic car enthusiast all my life. I didn't acquire it. I was born with it. Okay. I used to be in the business of restoring classic cars. And I walked away from all that when I went into the ministry, but then God began to give it back to me. So my point of sharing that is I have a desk. When I, 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 I dreamed of building years ago a classic car shop. Carolyn says, quit calling it a shop. It's a museum. And it is. It's a museum. And it's full of classic cars and classic motorcycles. And it's out behind my house. And my dream was to not only build this place, but to have a desk out there where I could sit and be in that atmosphere because just sitting there looking at it brings me peace. It's my happy place. You should have a happy place. Amen. I have several happy places. My office at the ministry, my library at the ministry is a happy place. My study at home is a happy place. My, my shop is a happy place. And I have a desk out there. And I go sit down at that desk. And I, uh, 
when I open the door, the first thing I say is, did you miss me, ladies? <laughs> it's the only other ladies I get to talk to and express my joy of being in their presence. Hallelujah. I say, did you miss me, ladies? And then I walk around and sometimes I'll touch them, thank God for them because God blessed me with it. If you have a problem with it, go talk to God. Amen. And before you get upset with me, you don't know how many cars I've given away. You don't know how many motorcycles I've given away. You don't know how many cars I've bought for people. Motorcycles I've bought for people. Airplanes I've bought for people. So don't, don't get ugly about my classic cars. Amen. One guy wrote to me, he said, why don't you sell all them and give it to the poor? I said, how do you know I haven't already? I did that and I had to build a bigger garage. I walked in there and just cleaned it out. I said, God, this only means any, the only thing this means to me is the fact that you blessed me with it. And I'm willing to sow it. And I've cleaned the garage out. Only to have to build a bigger garage. You can't outgive God. So I walked in there yesterday morning with my Bible and my notebook. And I looked at the cars and looked at the motorcycles and touched a couple of them. And, and walked over to my desk and sat down. Overlooked it again. It's a peaceful atmosphere. I learned it from T.L. Osborne. And then the Lord started speaking to me. God sits at my desk. He likes classic cars. <laughs> He's always there when I show up. Hallelujah. Or eventually he shows up after I show up. And I'm sitting there and, and I'm, I'm studying all of this again and praying over it and everything, preparing for this service today. And... Uh, I got some instructions from the Lord. And then later we went to lunch and then came back and I went back out there. And then uh, uh, I told Carolyn and Carla, who's staying with us from Kenya. And I said, uh, there's a boxing match on I want to see tonight. So I'm going to go watch some boxing. You don't have to be spiritual all the time. <laughs> Amen. I like boxing. So I said, I'm going to watch some boxing. Well, there was actually two major bouts coming on. And I watched the first one, but I, I was no longer interested in it. So I turned it off and I went back to studying again, praying again. Then I went to bed, praying in the spirit. I was awakened twice last night. Once with the Lord giving me the scripture that he wanted me to pray about when I pray over your point of contact, seed. And then secondly, the next time I was awakened, he said, uh, do you remember you own a pair of old Robert's shoes? I said, yes, I do. He said, Lindsay and Richard gave you those shoes. This is where you learn point of contact. Put them on when you pray for the people this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Now, there's no virtue in the shoes. Well, there is. <laughs> but you remember the prophet? When they throwed the bone, the body of that old dead man in the, in the place where the prophet was buried? And the, the anointing of God was still in his bones. And that old dead man was raised from the dead. When his body hit the bones. There's anointing in my bones. I've given people, preachers, my suits. And they said, man, I started preaching with a greater anointing. I said, did you get any better looking? (laughs) Hey, if I thought it was the way or Roberts combed his hair, I'd comb mine just like him. In fact, Gloria Copeland used to call me little Oral. She said, you look like Oral Roberts when I had that dark hair and it was combed back. If I thought that's why he got all them miracles, I'd part mine the same way he did his. Amen. So I'm just telling you that uh, my point of contact this morning for you is we are going to to prepare to receive your point of contact seed. Believing for supernatural increase. Amen. This doesn't go to me personally. It's going to go into this church. And let me remind you tonight. Don't miss tonight. Because I'm going to give you a state of the union address. You're going to like it. Where this church is going. And we got some exciting things to report to you. Amen. The first thing I'm going to do is talk to you about the office of the apostle. And then we're going to talk about the state of the ministry and where God is taking us over the next few days. So I want to encourage you, be here tonight. If you consider yourself a member, be here. If you're just a guest, be here. It'll help you, praise God. If you didn't want to be here, be here. Yeah, but Brother Jerry, 49ers and the Packers are playing. Oh, I know. I'm a Packer fan. And if I wasn't going to be in church tonight, I'd be right in the front of that television set screaming for the Packers. And I'm not even going to turn it on. This is more important, praise God. I can find out what happened in that game later. Well, I lost some of my people. 49ers are playing tonight. I didn't know that. Praise God. I'm staying home. If you do, they'll lose. (laughs) Be here. Amen. All right. Does this help you with what we've covered about how important it is to establish a point of contact? Amen. Let's lift our hands and, and just begin to bless the Lord and say, Father, I receive this word. I receive it by faith. I understand the principle. And I'm willing to apply it. And today, as I release and establish my point of contact, I am confident that you will honor my faith and supernatural increase is coming my way. 
in Jesus' name, I receive it. Thank you for it. Amen and amen. And give the Lord your best shout right now. Amen. Would you stand to your feet for a moment here now? And get your point of contact seed out. There are envelopes. Pick up. Everyone should have an envelope. Pick it up. There's a little card with it. Take that card out. And I want us all to read it out loud together. So I never ask anybody to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Everybody have a little card? I put it in front of you and read it out loud with me when I get everybody ready when I get ready here. Everybody got the card out and ready. All right, let's read it out loud. I'm releasing my faith in 2020 for supernatural increase beyond anything I've ever experienced before, according to the prophetic word spoken by Brother Jerry. Now, on the, at the bottom, it says, I'm believing for, okay? If you want to write that down on the back of this card and put it in the envelope when you give your point of contact seed, we will take that card and as a staff, we'll pray over it and join our faith with yours. If it's something you want to take home with you, and you write on the back of it so you can keep it in front of you. If you want to do both, ask for another card. Okay? So put, to, put your point of contact seed in the envelope now. Can you bring me an envelope, please? Thank you. And if you're giving it in the form of cash, be sure you fill out that envelope. You're writing a check. All that information should already be there. Hallelujah. Bring me my shoes. I think I can just stand up and do it. I had to put a sock in the end of them because Oral Roberts' feet were so much bigger than mine. <laughs> That's too much of a sock. <laughs> Woo, that hurts. Pull the sock out. <laughs> I think he wore an 11. I wear a 9. I consider these shoes a, a very special treasure in my life. I loved Oral Roberts.
learned point of contact from this great man of faith. I got to serve in his ministry for over 20, 25 years. What a precious man he was. Now here's the scripture. You hold your seat up. Here's the scripture that the Lord instructed me to pray over your seed. Psalm 118, verse 25, the Amplified Bible. We beseech you, O Lord, send now prosperity. We beseech you, O Lord, give us success. And then he said, add supernatural increase. So here's the way I'm going to pray it. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to Psalm 118, verse 25, I beseech you in behalf of this people, O Lord, send now prosperity. Send now success. Send now supernatural increase as you has promised in Psalm 115 where you declared, I will increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord. And according to Psalm 20, verse 4 and 5, the Amplified, may he grant you according to your heart's desire. And may the Lord fulfill all your petitions. In the name of Jesus, as the priest and the prophet and the apostle of this church and of this service, I decree in Jesus' name, that each and every one of you will experience supernatural increase this year as never before. And God is opening a door to make it happen. I pray you will be sensitive to his leadership. I pray that you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. He will guide you. You'll be in the right place at the right time for the marvels, the wonders, and the extraordinary manifestations of His greatness in your life this year in Jesus' name. And everybody shout and praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.